on Saturday, June the 4th, 2011. The 10th Annual Expo Sur, a leading international health forum, was held at Mexico's World Trade Center in Mexico City, bringing together organizations, companies, philosophers, and experts specializing in health, spirituality, meditation, and yoga. Accepting the invitation of Expo Sur's founder, Miss Mary Lou Figueroa, Supreme Master Ching Hai graced the event as the honored guest speaker via video link. Having met Supreme Master Ching Hai last year at the United Nations Climate Change Conference, Miss Figueroa was inspired by her dedicated work for the planet and humankind. During the video conference, Supreme Master Ching Hai lauded the Mexican government for its green endeavors while encouraging all in the world to adopt the organic vegan solution for halting climate change. We now invite you to join us from the live video conference with Supreme Master Ching Hai, titled From Crisis to Peace, The Whole Universe is Blessing Us, held on June the 4th, 2011, in Mexico City, Mexico. Master Ching Hai's lectures are not a complete meditation instruction. Please do not try alone. For free of charge guidance, please visit www.godsdirectcontact.org or contact any of our centers near you. Hola y muy buenas tardes, nobles, damas y caballeros. Por favor, sean bienvenidos en esta tan noble ocasión. Honorables invitados, Apreciables asistentes, representantes de diferentes organizaciones y caminos espirituales reciban el más cordial y afectuoso saludo. En esta tarde, la Asociación Internacional Maestra Suprema Xinhai en México presenta la conferencia magistral de la crisis a la paz. El universo entero nos está bendiciendo, en la cual tendremos una importante invitada vía satelital, la Maestra Suprema Xinhai que nos compartirá su sabiduría y conocimiento del más alto interés para todos nosotros, así como de la paz y la seguridad de nuestro planeta. Tendremos edificantes representaciones artísticas para amenizar la velada y cerraremos esta maravillosa experiencia con una deliciosa cena vegana. Esta conferencia es presentada dentro del marco de conferencias magistrales de Exposer, el cual es el evento humanista y de salud más importante de América Latina. Contando con más de 120.000 asistentes a lo largo de su historia, Exposer se ha convertido en un importante foro para la difusión de todas las alternativas de bienestar humano y en esta afortunada ocasión se encuentra celebrando su décimo aniversario. También queremos saludar y darle la más afectuosa de las bienvenidas a nuestros espectadores internacionales que nos reciben sus, en sus hogares en el mundo entero a través de Supreme Master Television, un canal de televisión constructiva que se transmite las 24 horas del día, los 7 días de la semana durante todo el año, el cual puede disfrutarse a través de sus 14 plataformas satelitales de forma gratuita en el mundo y con más de 75 proveedores de sistema de cable e IPTV, en sus más de 60 idiomas y 40 subtítulos disponibles. También puede consultarse en línea en www 
suprememastertv.com diagonal es. Muchas gracias por acompañarnos este día. Así es, a todos, todos ustedes, le agradecemos el honor de su presencia el día de hoy a esta conferencia magistral. Quisiéramos dar inicio con el virtuoso guitarrista, el maestro Hugo Ernesto Gracián, quien recibió el premio de virtuosismo guitarrístico en el séptimo Festival Internacional de Guitarra en Morelia. Es también instructor de Educación Artística en el Instituto Nacional de Bellas Artes y ha presentado su talento en distintos ciclos de guitarra y festivales de música culta en la República Mexicana y en el extranjero, el cual nos interpretará Tauro y Virgo, de su obra Zodíaco, del compositor mexicano jalisciense Sergio Campo. Démosle un caluroso aplauso al maestro Gracián. Maravilloso. Muchísimas gracias al maestro Gracián por compartir estas bellas piezas que buscan reflejar con sus acordes las características representativas de cada signo zodiacal. Hoy 
Queremos hacer llegar un mensaje de paz, un mensaje de amor universal, que incluya a todos los seres en la creación, ya sea plantas, animales, humanos, ríos y mares. Todo aquello que comprende esta excelsa creación universal, de la cual formamos parte, de nuestra gran, 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 abundante belleza de nuestra madre tierra. Este misericordioso planeta nos ha dado todo lo que hemos podido necesitar y más. El día de hoy está clamando por el despertar de nuestra conciencia humana celestial y por acciones efectivas para restaurar su glorioso y perfecto estado original. Quisiéramos ahora tomar la oportunidad de presentarles a una persona, un individuo extraordinario y ejemplar, que es la inspiración de nuestra asociación internacional. La maestra suprema Ching Hai es una maestra espiritual, artista y filántropa vegana, reconocida a nivel mundial, que ha dedicado toda su vida al servicio desinteresado de la humanidad, extendiendo su amor más allá de las barreras culturales, raciales y de especie. En pocas palabras, un gran ser de luz que se interesa por todos nosotros, por la paz de nuestro planeta y por el medio ambiente. Vivir en un mundo de paz y amor es un sueño compartido por todos los seres de esta tierra. La humanidad debe caminar junta este sendero y redoblar esfuerzos para hacerlo realidad. El tiempo ha llegado y solo es necesario ser ejemplo, ser ese cambio que tanto añoramos. Ahora... Quisiera invitar al escenario a la señora Rosalba Zúñiga, psicóloga y vegana, miembro de nuestra asociación en el estado de Veracruz, que compartirá con nosotros su experiencia con la maestra suprema Xin Hai en el método de meditación Quan Yin. Doy gracias a Dios por estar aquí. Y tener la oportunidad de agradecer a la Maestra Suprema Chinhai todo su amor y las infinitas bendiciones que solo ella es capaz de dar. Desde niña tuve sueños muy especiales, con mucho colorido y emoción. Por ejemplo, aguas torrenciales como el diluvio, las pirámides de Egipto, pagodas chinas de puro oro florentino, con una belleza excepcional que de niña no lo había visto ni en revistas, ni había televisión en mi tiempo y comunidad. Yo sentía que había algo más de lo que podía ver con mis sentidos. Así mi vida se convirtió en una búsqueda. Muchas veces me sentí muy pequeñita, como perdida en tanto espacio, desvalida, en un mundo de caos, pero algo había en mí que me decía, llegarás mañana. ¿A dónde? No lo sabía. Buscaba explicaciones, buscaba la verdad. Me cuestionaba, ¿por qué nací? ¿Por qué estoy aquí? ¿A dónde voy? Un día, siendo adolescente, escribí, Quiero encontrar a Dios. Busco a un ser supremo que comprenda todo y resuelva los problemas y conflictos que atañen a toda la humanidad. 
¿Por qué reñimos hermanos con hermanos? ¿Por qué discutimos padres con hijos? ¿Por qué peleamos con la maestra, con la vecina o con toda persona que se nos ponga enfrente? Yo busco a Dios para que me explique esto, para que sea mi maestro, mi guía. Así, mi búsqueda, mi sed de saber, de encontrar la verdad, me llevó a estudiar psicología, dianética, neurolingüística, yoga, a leer muchos libros de la vida de los grandes iniciados, retiros espirituales. Esto me daba tranquilidad. Contestaba algunas preguntas, pero no tenía las respuestas de todas estas cuestiones. Así mi búsqueda continuaba. Hasta que un día fui invitada por mi hijo mayor a ver una videoconferencia de la maestra suprema Chinghai. Fue entonces que pude sentir que había encontrado a ese ser supremo que mi alma pedía y a mi guía espiritual, y pude entender lo que Jesús nos decía. Pide y se te dará, el que tenga oídos para oír, que oiga. Así me inicié felizmente en el año 1998 en la ciudad de Los Ángeles. Gracias maestra por ser ese océano de amor, de luz, de ese amor incondicional por resolver todos los problemas y conflictos que atañen a toda la humanidad. Ahora sé que la razón de existir es aprender a amar y solo lo podemos lograr con un guía espiritual, con un ser iluminado, lleno de amor, de humildad y luz, que está dispuesto a darnos la llave para la iluminación inmediata. Gracias, Maestra, por todo tu amor por ese amor infinito celestial. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias por compartir con nosotros algunos de los muchos beneficios derivados de llevar una vida de amor, de compasión y de las bendiciones que se derraman en nuestras vidas, cuando entramos en contacto con la naturaleza de Dios inherente a todos nosotros. Ya que sin más preámbulo, queremos darle la más cordial y afectuosa bienvenida a la Maestra Suprema Chinghai, quien de la manera más amorosa hizo espacio en su apretada agenda para aceptar la invitación como invitado especial de Exposer para participar en esta conferencia. Por favor, Démosle una calurosa bienvenida al estilo mexicano. Hola, maestra. Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes. Oh, lovely people, mexican. Mexican, buenas tardes. Maestra, muchas gracias por honrarnos con su presencia el día de hoy. Estamos muy, muy, muy contentos de que esté con nosotros. Sabemos que ha apartado su valioso tiempo para esta conferencia y queremos darle las gracias desde el fondo de nuestros corazones. Thank you very much, Master, for honoring us with your presence today. We are very, very happy to have you here with us. We know that you have put aside some of your valuable time for this conference 
and we would like to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Oh, I thank you <laughs> for inviting me. Yeah. Gracias. <laughs> um, gracias. <laughs> Thanks to you, ma. A ti, huh? <laughs> gracias, maestra. Thank you to you. <laughs> Maestra, todos los presentes hoy nos sentimos muy honrados y privilegiados de que nos dirija, dirija un discurso con el tema de la crisis a la paz. El universo entero nos bendice. Muchas gracias, maestra. Master, all of us present today feel very privileged and honored to have you give a speech on the topic From Crisis to Peace. The whole universe is blessing us. Thank you so much, Master. Thank you. Thank you again for doing all this. <laughs> thank you for organizing this and thank you for having me. May God bless Mexico. Thank you, Master. Thank you. Ah, I'm very happy to be with you again, the people of Mexico. And uh, I would like to thank all the smart people at the Expo here in Mexico City, and uh, I thank all the person involved in this magnificent gathering. Uh, I thank you, the organizer, the beautiful lady who has invited me here. I'm very honored to be with you on this program on your 10th anniversary. And I'm delighted to see you again, the kind and beautiful people of Mexico. I hope you are all comfortable there. It's not too hot, is it, now, Mexico? Sava? Yes, Master, we are very comfortable. Ah, muy bien, <laughs> muy bien. <laughs> I always remember how sweet, gentle, and hospitable the Mexican people are. Yes, always good memory in my heart. And I have just been in your country again last winter. Um, the Mexican Environmental Secretary, in the name of your country, has kindly invited me to attend the United Nations Climate Change Conference. Your government graciously facilitated the discussions in such a way that all the countries participated there, felt welcome, and their voices were heard, so that the leaders of all the countries left the conference with some satisfaction of fruitfulness and hope for the planet's future. I think part of that outcome was uh, due to the, the good heart and wisdom of the hosting Mexican people. So I was more than happy to join this event again in order to see the Mexicans again. Especially as this is so positive, such a very uh, forward-thinking gathering. I'm sure... You all agreed to this, and we all thank the organizers and all persons involved. Uh, I would like to mention something about holistic health and personal growth, which are 
very essential for our happy life. Holistic means wholesome, eh? wholesome. We seek always to be whole because that is what we are originally. We are part of something wholesome, great, because we are part of God. And this prompts us always to be seeking inside our heart to be whole again, to be one with God again. This is much like uh, how our hand, for instance, is part of our whole body and sharing the same flow of nutrients and life force. And when the body feels cold, the hands uh, also feel especially chilled. But when the body is healthy, the hand is also healthy and strong. The nails grow longer and good, and the fingers feel pink, (laughs) plum, smooth, etc. Similarly, uh, we are also part of the whole planet, hey? We are part of the whole planet, the whole community of worldly people, earthly people. Whatever affects our planet as a whole affects us as a person. So climate change is a most urgent case of this, as it affects our earth, ourselves, and our loved one. Climate change is becoming a very big problem, huge problem, and much sooner than we ever thought or expected. The International Energy Agency has just estimated again that emissions of the greenhouse gas rose to a record amount in 2010. So much so that keeping global average temperature increases below the barely safe level of 2 degrees Celsius look like Ah, unreachable dream now. We pray that it won't be the case, but the reality is scary. This is frightening news for us, because two degrees increase is the threshold for dangerous climate change. Already, extreme weather-related disasters in Mexico caused up to 60,000 people to lose their lives each year. Global warming also causes mosquito-borne diseases like malaria and dengue fever to increase, especially after floods. And I'm very worry to hear that dengue fever cases in Mexico have been getting worse. 2010 was much worse than 2009, for example. And there has been a big increase in the number of the most aggressive kind of dengue. It's called hemorrhagic dengue. And at least 16 cases 
have been fatal in 2010. In uh, Amosilothic capital of Sonora State alone, cases of dengue, fever, exploded to 3,157, with one-sixth of the cases being hemorrhagic dengue. And the disease has been spreading. Extreme heat for humans. As we speak, much of Mexico is being gripped by extreme temperatures. The large region known as the, uh, the Valley of Mexico has seen hardly any rainfall in weeks. And Mexico City, while it is a beautiful place, is not always comfortable or safe in high temperatures for people to live in. For example, food in the street stores, you know, when people sell it alongside of the street in a small, small uh, booth, they are going bad more easily, especially meat and dairy products in the heat. Health Secretary Jose Angel Cordova expressed concern that illnesses related to spoiling food have been raising in your country. So please, one word of caution, be careful when you buy food. The heat is so intense nowadays that government officials are genuinely concerned about your health. So they have asked you to stay indoors even in midday hours or to put a hat on when going outdoor and to drink plenty of water and constantly. You see, climate change is very dangerous to our health, the health of our parents and our young children. European Parliament supports reducing meat to lower greenhouse gases. Reduce your meat consumption or stop eating meat totally. During discussions on greenhouse gas reduction goals, the Climate Committee of the European Parliament officially recognized livestock's contribution to global warming and recommended a reduction of subsidies to the livestock industry to curb methane. The European Parliament has adopted its own position on climate change as an institution. And as a Vice President, one of the proposals I've made is in line with your own, which is that we should eat far less meat, because that's one of the major sources of greenhouse gases. Please eat less meat, and let's make taxes on meat. That's definitely one of the issues we're talking about. I'd like to tell people what the cost is of eating meat for the environment worldwide. My name is Jan Solm. I'm a member of the European Parliament. Please, be veg, go green to save the planet. Now we also have extreme heat for glaciers. 
In this same heat, we also have trouble on a bigger scale in Mexico due to this heat. For example, the glaciers on the dormant volcano Iztaccíhuatl. As uh, tropical glaciers, they are rare both in Mexico and in the world. However, they are now melting much faster than scientists previously predicted. With two out of the five glaciers that have already disappeared, now snowfalls is less frequent than before and vegetation is appearing at higher altitude. As is the case elsewhere in the world, Mexico's disappearing glaciers spell trouble for populations and agriculture that depend on the annual snowmelt for drinking water and hydropower. So the extreme heat not only makes us feel hot, but as the glaciers melt, livelihoods, food, drinking water, etc., etc., also face a real meltdown. But with the bad news, well, there's also good news for Mexico. Thank God. When I was there, I met a lot of your journalists who are also dedicated to saving the planet and really concerned about the world, as well as uh, many leaders, including your esteemed president, who has been at the forefront of international efforts to halt climate change. By the way, I, I send my heartfelt congratulations to President Calderon for the award he has just received in May. He was honored with the 2011 Champions of the Earth Prize from the United Nations Environment Program, or UNEP. You know that, right? Do you know? Yes, we know, Master. <laughs> we are very proud. <laughs> Good. You should be proud of him. I met him, I was so proud of him. <laughs> I tell him, thank you for all the things you do for Mexicans. Uh, I love your people, I told him. And he said, I love them too. <laughs> I love that. I like what he said. Yes. And his speech at the United Nations was also very, very interesting. He even mentioned that his wife is a very wise person. I'm sure she is, huh? Uh, behind a great man... There's always a great woman. <laughs> so, for his outstanding leadership in addressing climate change at both global and national level, the United Nations UNEP has honored him with a great prize. I also join myself in salute to His Excellency with all my support and admiration. And I congratulate your country for having such a wise and loving, caring leader. Thank you, Master. Now we applaud Muchas him. gracias, Maestra. <laughs> yes, Master. Yeah, <laughs> I, we applaud him, huh? Very a big, big round of applause for your president and your government. 
<laughs> I love this kind of government. <laughs> okay, now first, let's go through some of the major news on how climate change is affecting Mexico. Uh, researchers at NASA found that we are on a path to seeing an unprecedented number of forest fires around the world, pretty much all driven by global warming. This is already happening in Mexico as well. You know that, I think. Extreme dry conditions have set off more than 5,700 forest fires in your country during the first four months of 2011. This is new. This is reason. Scorching about 150,000 hectares of land. You know, your country is already affected a lot by climate change, and now these forest fires make it worse. Your president, Philip Calderon, also attributed these forest fires to climate change. You see, he's very up-to-date. He's very on top of events in your country. He's a good president. Even now, uh, Quintana Roo State is dealing with its worst fire season in a decade, with a total of 122 blazes reported and people having to be evacuated from their homes. Imagine how much challenge they have to face in this situation. And the children have to be interrupted from school, and the husbands, the wives is also disrupted with their works, their jobs and they might be losing everything they have earned with their hard work or their life. You see, the world's coral reef systems also, which include the second largest one in the world, it's just off the coast of Mexico. It's also experienced the second worst year of bleaching, meaning damage due to prolonged, unbearably hot temperatures in 2010. And the coral reef in the Gulf of Mexico area are also still reeling from the big oil spill of the U.S. coast recently. Bear in mind that the coral reef health are vital to ocean health. They support one quarter of all marine life on the planet. Now, we talk about drought. Drought is affecting 40% of your country. Certainly, this has very difficult, huge, invisible impacts on the farmers. Take, for example, Mexico's Mayan community of Tabi. This village of 400 people have relied on their farming traditions for 2,500 years, 
with weather patterns that were precise and predictable. However, in the past 15 years, they have lost up to 60% of their crops due to the changed climate. To survive, Tabi residents are having to adapt by learning new farming practices and sometimes they have to search for different jobs, which is hard to find also if they have been farmers all their life, what else can they do? How can they find another job that easily? Even if they do find jobs elsewhere, this often takes them away from their home and family. It's not a nice situation, because Mexico people, they're very family-oriented and very social and neighborly. So if they have to move away elsewhere to work, imagine how lonely they felt and how challenging for their family having to part with their loved one, like father or mother. Now, tests by the International Maize and Wheat Improvement Center in Mexico have shown that maize the vital grain, once thought to be a heat-tolerant crop, actually declines because of prolonged high temperatures, especially when there is drought. For every 10% of lost crop yields in Mexico, another 2% of residents are likely to leave their country. So up to 6.7 million Mexican people may be forced to leave, for example, by 2080. It would be so disruptive and challenging to the lives of so many uprooted families, not to mention heartbreaking for the relatives and friends and for the person who are going away themselves. We also have freezing temperature. Huh. It's on top of all that. Climate change brings not only drought, but also extremely freezing weather. The National Autonomous University of Mexico, or UNAM, released a report in February affirming that heavy snowstorms coming earlier this year in Mexico the United States and Europe were linked to climate change again. Even cold weather also linked to climate change. So you see, climate change affects us in many different ways, not just the heat, the drought, the flood, the disease, food shortage, etc., but even the cold. Over 4 million metric tons of maize were lost from Mexico's Sinaloa state due to severe frost conditions. In response, President Philip Calderon quickly offered federal aid to try and help farmers 
recover the vital crop to avoid a food shortage and high prices. Again, we applaud the president and the government of Mexico for our prompt response to crisis. But how long can the government continue helping people? How long will the supply, the storage supply last if the weather continue to be a burden to the nation and getting worse as the time go by? Also, the Mexican government witnessed climate change causing disease and loss to corn species in other parts of the world. Thus, the government wisely decided to preserve the integrity and resiliencies of her 60 native varieties of corn by turning down the offer to implement genetically modified versions. Wow, I really am impressed with your government decisions. This is a laudable eco-conscious action and health-conscious actions for your country, people. Really, your government care for its subject, for the health of the Mexicans. I would like you to applaud again your government and the president. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. No, I thank you. I thank your government. <laughs> now, we come to the forest in Mexico. Forests are important for maintaining water supplies and protecting communities from flooding. Forests are also very much needed to stop climate change because they can store tremendous amounts of greenhouse gases for us. But right now, 20 to 25 percent of emissions are actually coming from the forests themselves because of climate change and deforestation. Burning forests causes the massive release of CO2, I mean carbon dioxide, that has been stored in the trees. According to the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, Mexico has been ranked as one of the five countries in the world with the largest losses of primary forest area in the last 20 years. One of the most dramatic examples is the state of Tabasco, which has lost 1 million hectares of forest, or 58% in the past several decades. Now, Tabasco has only 100,000 hectares of forest remaining. How sad for your country and for the world. The primary cause has been the expansion of livestock farming. More than half of the state's land was already converted into cattle pasture by 1980. Scientists say that the land, this Eden deforested, 
is at high risk of suffering the shocks of climate change. There is a higher vulnerability to flooding, soil erosion, as well as loss of biodiversity if we lose the forest. Livestock grazing has also been identified as the main cause of deforestation in Michoacan state. Latin American countries that are rich in forest cover are at risk of losing trees mainly as a result of large-scale agriculture. But not, not for food for human, no. It's mostly related to livestock production, livestock farming, not food farming, yes? And not only Mexico, but even the world's largest remaining tropical rainforest, the Amazon. The livestock industry is a significant driving cause of forest destruction. Some of the diseases related to meat consumption and or production. Fatal prion diseases transmissible through air or milk. Rabies, anthrax, sleeping sickness, Q fever, norovirus, swine flu, Ebola restant virus. Cured meats and fish increase leukemia risk in children. Antibiotic-resistant superbug infections and other dangerous bacteria strains. Blue tongue disease, E. coli, salmonella. Bird flu. Mad cow disease or Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, 90% of the population at risk. Pig's disease or PMWS, listeriosis, shellfish poisoning, preeclampsia, campylobacter, clostridium difficile. Diseases hidden in healthy appearing livestock. Food poisoning, heart attack, kidney failure from toxic additives like melamine and clenbuterol. Some of the costs of meat eating. Infertility. Eating just one serving of meat per day increases the risk of women's infertility by 32%, with additional meat consumption increasing the risk. Heart disease. Over 17 million lives lost globally each year. Cost of cardiovascular disease is at least 1 trillion US dollars a year. Cancer. Increased childhood cancers and adult reproductive cancers from hormones in meat. Colon rectal cancer. Over 1 million new colon cancer patients diagnosed each year. More than 600,000 colon cancer-related mortalities annually. In the United States alone, colon cancer treatment costs about 6.5 billion US dollars. Millions of people are newly diagnosed with other meat-related cancers every year. Diabetes. 347 million people are affected worldwide. An estimated 174 billion US dollars spent each year on treatment in just the United States. Obesity. Worldwide, 1.6 billion adults are overweight with 400 million more who are obese. Costs 93 billion US dollars each year for medical expenses in the United States alone. At least 2.6 million people die annually from problems related to being overweight or obese. Environmental. Use up to 70% of clean water. Pollute most of the water bodies. Deforest the lungs of the earth. Uses up to 43% of the world's cereal. Uses up to 85% of the world's soy. Cause world hunger and wars. 80% cause of global warming. Plus more. Some of the costs of milk consumption. Cowpox from milking cows. 
bacterial microbes, pesticides and enzymes found in cheese derived from the inner stomach linings of other animals. Up to 80% of the calories in cheese are from pure fat. Breast, prostate and testicular cancer from hormones present in milk. Listeria and Crohn's disease. Hormones and saturated fat lead to osteoporosis, obesity, diabetes and heart disease. Linked to higher incidences of multiple sclerosis. Classified as a major allergen. Lactose intolerance. Plus more. For help quitting, please visit... For more urgent information, please visit www.suprememastertv.com forward slash killers. We have not been very responsible of our environment. This is a very sad thing and it's affecting us right now. I hope deforestation will stop. We have to thank also many individuals, leaders, who are working to stop deforestation. By the way, I thank them all. Let's hope the world listen and protect the lung of our planet. Not just the lung of our planet, but the health of our planet. The forest, the precious forest. Now in Mexico, still... 33% of the land is covered and blessed by forest. Thanks to the Mexican government who reversed the deforestation program and made it more lustful again. And just a few months ago, Mexico was lauded as the top nation, wow, in the world for sustainable management of forests. Hey? <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Thank to your government and to your people. I would be proud if I'm a Mexican. <laughs> Very proud. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes, thank you, Master. Thank you. Yes, uh, the Mexican made some mistakes before in deforestation, but they changed quickly. They realized the mistake, and they reverse it. You know, we all make mistakes, but the thing is to do the opposite, to reverse, yes, the action. Now, the World Bank announced that uh, through a 13-year joint program with the Mexican government, over 800,000 hectares of forest have been given to indigenous peoples. And as a result... 70% of all the forests are owned and cared for by the local communities. How wise, such a wise policy. Many countries should learn from this. And today, Mexico's deforestation rate is half of what it has uh, been a decade ago. It's a good news, huh? <laughs> This endeavor has also facilitated general conservation, job creation, and betterment of local governance. In addition, the new jobs uh, have enabled over 6,200 villagers to remain in their locality 
instead of having to move away due to work shortage. I can applaud your country forever. <laughs> Gracias, maestra. Gracias. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can congratulate Mexicans forever also. Congratulate. And much love, love. God bless you. That's why I'm here today. Also, you see, it was a little difficult for me, and I'm supposed to be meditating more, but uh, I'm also involved in this because I love your country. I love the improvement that your people and your government has made, the effort you put into conserving the land, the forest, and protecting the health of the people. So I made a uh, reservation of time. I tell you a secret. It cost me millions of zillions of spiritual points because I appear here today. This cost me about two, three days without meditation very well. But I thought I should uh, participate instead of my representative because I like what the Mexican people have been doing. I like your president. I like your government. Because I was happy to hear of this project. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> Thank to you. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, not just happy, but I also... Uh, offer a humble contribution of fifty thousand U.S. dollars. Well, fifty thousand dollars is not much. I mean, to such a great project like that, but it's a symbol of support and gratitude from my part to all involved in your country and outside of your country in realizing this beautiful endeavor. Because it affects not only Mexico, but it will affect the world. You know, we are all linked together. If you protect Mexico, you also, by the way, protect the world. So I also am very grateful. <laughs> Furthermore, your president, uh, Philip Calderon, announced during the climate summit in Cancun that he was determined Mexico would achieve Zero deforestation within the next decade. Pray for him, okay? <laughs> Pray for him to do that. Yes, Master. I pray for him, for your country, yes, so that you can realize not just that, but more. It's important to protect Mexico. It's important to protect every country, of course, But any country who can do that, who is the forefront, we are especially grateful and give a high salute. <laughs> Now, the good news is that the Mexican government is making a lot, a lot of efforts to go green. Hmm? Make green cities, green village, planting more trees, 
reforestation, etc., etc., not just in protecting forests, but in all sectors. Bravo, Mexico! <laughs> Bravo! Gracias, maestra. Thank you so much. Gracias. A ti. A todos. A todos. We're very, very proud. We're happy you're telling us all this. Mexico City Go Green. Now, a number of environmental initiatives have been enhancing Mexico City and other urban areas. In December 2010, President Calderon announced that all new dwellings financed through the country's largest home lender, Infonavit, must be equipped with eco-friendly technologies. Mexico's urban areas are also implementing green roof technologies at an unprecedented pace, with Mexico City become the first in Latin America to adopt standards for their installation and featuring more than 20,000 square meters of naturalized roof space thus far. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Other cities are also bringing in a green roof. Meanwhile, edible gardens are sprouting up on roadsides and roundabouts as well as above homes and other buildings. Mexico City is promoting 184 such projects that allow residents to participate in urban agriculture. In addition to the added food security, the gardens are making cities more attractive, more uh, livable, more beautiful, more green, more sustainable. Wow. <laughs> good, good country. Now, we have some more solutions. <laughs> See, I'm wearing green today, huh? Mm. <laughs> Because your country is going green. <laughs> Just uh, to be in tune with your projects. Yeah. Now we talk more, a little bit more about solution. Mexico has an abundance of sunshine, so there are plenty of opportunities to develop sustainable solar energy. Windy areas also can be used to gather wind energy. Your government is surely correct in uh, forecasting that the business sector will also thrive in the coming sustainable future. It's not just protecting the land and the people. These kind of projects will also offer more jobs, opportunity, and new exciting jobs yeah, for the people, yes. But of course, this is not all, <laughs> because we have an urgent danger facing us, yes. So we still have to solve the problem of climate change more at its root. Also, we still have to address food security, which is becoming an increasingly urgent matter for human survival. With all the drought and wildfires Mexico is facing, 
food security is really at risk. And climate change, through droughts and floods that destroy crops, is of course a major cause of high food price and food insecurity. In fact, the founder of the Earth Policy Institute, Lester Brown, who is a respected U.S. environmental leader, stated that climate change is happening so fast right now that we need to reduce emissions, greenhouse gas emissions, 80% by 2020 to protect global food supplies even. Just food supplies even. Not 80% by 2050, as suggested before, which is the date uh, discussed by many politicians. But 80% now, I mean soon, by 2020, maximum. Because if we lose food security, our civilization could collapse moral standard even, could collapse. People's health could deteriorate. Happiness could also collapse. Nation could collapse. Every other thing might also collapse. Lester Brown and others point out that the great Mayan civilization in Mexico may have fallen when it lost control over its uh, food supply. Climatologists say that we are facing the same danger now, today. If it happened before, it could happen again. So how do we reduce greenhouse gas emissions 80% by 2020? How do we do that? How do we keep the global temperature at safe levels? There is a solution. A few months ago, the United Nations proposed that the best way to bring about cooling, rather than focusing on carbon dioxide, would be to reduce the shorter-lived global warming agents. These include methane, black carbon, and ground-level ozone. Dr. Drew Shindo at NASA led a team of scientists who estimate that when the effects of all these are added together, they are equal to the carbon dioxide, CO2. But because they dissipate much faster from the atmosphere, they bring a much bigger benefit to us in the short term. This is our best chance for quickly reversing the climate change. Cut it off, the danger. For example, whereas CO2 can take hundreds if not thousands of years to dissipate from the atmosphere, most methane is gone in about 12 years. And methane's number one source 
from human activity is livestock raising, animals agriculture, animals product, animals industry, which cause methane gas to warm up our planet. Based on research, a significant cause of black carbon release is also livestock raising. Everything point to livestock raising. Because the burn in the forests or fields to create grazing pasture or crops to feed the livestock causes black soot to be carried by wind currents all the way to glaciers and ice caps, where it speeds their melting. Thus, warm up the planet even more. The third short-lived agent is ozone. Ozone is a component of smoke, and we usually think that it is caused from car exhaust, but a major building block is also methane. In some rural places like California's Central Valley in the U.S., people don't understand why there is ozone, even though there aren't many cars there. But this region has a lot of livestock. That's why. That's the reason Dr. Shindo and the other scientists stated that if we reduce methane, the ozone will also go away. And ozone dissipates from the atmosphere in a period of a few hours or weeks. So if we don't have these warming agents, then our planet will cool off. Very logical and simple. That is fast, just a few weeks. So the fastest way to reverse climate change is quickly reduce methane, ozone, and black carbon. And how? Again, the fastest, cheapest way to do this is to stop raising animals for human consumption. Water scarcity is also a serious problem because without enough water, we cannot grow food. The World Economic Forum estimates that if we continue with current trends, two-thirds of the world will be water-stressed, means shorter water, by 2030. Just over a decade, huh? And Mexico is certainly one of the places to be affected. But 70% of all water used by humans goes to agriculture, especially livestock agriculture, livestock raising. So the best place to conserve water is through food, manageable food, sustainable food, not animal food. And the best way to feed more people with less water is also through food. Sustainable food practice, sustainable agriculture, organic, vegan agriculture. So we all should go vegan. And the best is organic vegan.
The Twente Water Center in the Netherlands have found that the most efficient way to grow protein, calories, and fats is through a plant-based diet. To grow one gram of protein, we need up to six times more water for animals' protein than for plant-based protein. It is the same with calories. It takes 20 times more water to grow calories from beef than to grow it from grains or potatoes. So to feed more people with less water, the best way is to be vegan, and organic vegan to be exact. Organic because it minimizes the use of chemicals as well which is very, very harmful to the environment and to our health, and also worsen global warming effects, such as oceanic dead zones. Another challenge we are facing right now is how to pay for climate change mitigation and adaptation, especially in an era where many developed countries are facing financial crisis. Even those that wish to help the developing countries are not able to be as generous as they might wish because of the financial difficulties they are facing themselves. Many strong countries are facing financial problems right now, and that affects other underdeveloped countries as well because they cannot Uh, offer more financial aid the way they want to. You see, it affects everybody, the financial crisis. We are losing species 100 times to 1,000 times faster than uh, at any other time in the Earth's history. So stopping biodiversity loss is expected to cost more than to reverse climate change. So by all means, we have to reverse climate change. Now, in addition to all this, we find that 70% agricultural land is currently being used to either graze livestock or raise food for the livestock, which are killed for human consumption. In evaluating policy options, For reversing biodiversity loss, the Netherlands Environmental Assessment Agency has found that the single most effective approach would be a no-animal diet. This would save at least 56% of the world's disappearing wildlife. As a result... The Netherlands Environmental Assessment Agency also calculated how much money we would save if we changed our diets in order to reverse global warming. They found that a diet with no animal products at all would save the cost of mitigating climate change between now and 2050 by over 80%. So, just this one change 
simple change, small change. Changing our diet to an organic vegan diet. This will help all the governments of the world to afford climate change mitigation and preserve biodiversity. Just one change. That's all we have to make. It's not that big deal. Even if it is a sacrifice, just to sacrifice one part of our taste, not the whole part of our taste. Normally we would include vegetable in our food anyway. So we just change a portion of our food daily. Then we can save the world for us and for future generations. And as I mentioned earlier, it will also help us protect food security and conserve water. What is the use for us to satisfy our taste right now with meat when we know for certain that in the future our children will go hungry, our world will collapse? What is the use of that? However tasty the meat is, we have to consider this option and change it so that the world can continue to survive and thrive in abundance and happiness and health. As President Calderon accepted the UNEP Award in New York, USA, on behalf of all Mexicans, he called for a massive effort to change the world. I would say to save the world also. Because that is what a green economy implies. To save the world, change the world for the better. He also said that we can stop both climate change and poverty at the same time by building a green economy. And I agree. Do you agree with him? Yes, Master, of course. Yes. <laughs> good people, good people. <laughs> yeah, I can talk about Mexico forever, eh? But I will stop quickly soon. Are you okay? You still interested? Yes, yes. Master, of yes. course. I continue a while? Yes, okay. please. Yes, please. Yes. So a green economy is one that is powered by clean energy sources. We should fuel the economy with the cleanest uh, fuel to keep our air, our water and land clean and our health in good condition. Because everything that is not good for the environment is not good for our health as well. All the chemicals of the uh, agriculture, all the waste uh, from the animals, agriculture run off into the river, into our stream, into the ocean, and we drink this water, we use the ocean, everything will affect our health. That's why people are more sick nowadays, despite all the new invention, 
new discovery of medicines and different fashions, more hospitals than ever before. When we say we were not uh, uh, so developed right now, right now we are more developed, we have more hospitals, more illness, and more incurable disease. Even in the 21st century already, we are facing more and more new incurable disease all the time. Even just recently, if you watch the news, you know that there is a, a spread of E. coli infection in Europe, and many people die already, and thousands are still either critically ill or affected in the hospital. And the scientists, the doctors, have not been able to find the source of this E. coli because they say it's new E. coli strain. And it resists many of the otherwise good antibiotic to cure it. So they're frantically trying to find the way to deal with this spread of E. coli right now in Europe. You know that, right? Right, Master. Yes. I haven't watched the news yesterday and today because I cannot. The situation is not favorable to watch. Uh, have they found the cure for E. coli yet? Anybody know? The new one, the new strain of E. coli. Have they found it yet? No, not yet, Master. No, not yet. See? Yes, my God. And people keep dying if they don't find it soon enough. Because this E. coli strain is new and they resist the normal antibiotic, which would usually cure it. So um, the doctors in Europe are very, very concerned, very worried and panic. Many people are panicking right now, and that affects the economy as well. You know, uh, Spain lost many hundreds of thousands of dollars because people refused to buy their uh, their cucumber, and then finally they they have stated that no, no, these uh, organic cucumber are innocent. It's not the cause for the E. coli illness, as originally thought and blamed for. But it's too late. <laughs> I mean, the Spanish farmers have lost so much, so much money already, because people don't buy their products and vegetable, other vegetable as well, because they suspected vegetable infects people. But it's not. It wasn't the vegetable. You see, E. coli can even. Jump onto the vegetable from the meat section, or by handling by people when they're handling. If the people are sick, the vegetable may be also contaminated. It was even organic cucumber, and they they blame the organic cucumbers for the E. coli strain, but it was not at all. Thanks God for that. Otherwise, oh dear, poor Spain, poor cucumber, huh? Poor innocent <laughs> cucumber. Also, we should not just fuel our system with the clean fuel, but we also should fuel ourselves with the best, most clean and efficient energy source as well. Again, I'm talking about food. This our best fuel is a vegan food, the life-saving organic vegan food. Fortunately, Mexico. Already has a head start in organic vegan farming. In all of Latin America, Mexico is one of the top 
three, top three <laughs> of four countries with the highest shares of organic crop farmland and some of the highest numbers of organic farmers again. Oh, beautiful Mexico. <laughs> Gracias, maestra. Ah, gracias. Some of the benefits of a vegetarian diet lowers blood pressure, lowers cholesterol levels, reduces type 2 diabetes, prevents stroke conditions, reverses atherosclerosis, reduces heart disease risk 50%, reduces heart surgery risk 80%, prevents many forms of cancer, stronger immune system, increases life expectancy up to 15 years, Higher IQ saves 70% of a total cost of 40 trillion U.S. dollars for reducing global warming. Uses 4.5 times less land to grow food. Conserves up to 70% clean water. Saves 80% of the cleared Amazonian rainforest from animal grazing. A solution for world hunger. Free up 3.4 billion hectares of land. Free up 760 million tons of grain every year, half the world's grain supply. Consumes one-third fossil fuels of those used for meat production. Reduces pollution from untreated animal waste. Maintains cleaner air. Saves 4.5 tons of emissions per U.S. household per year. Stop 80% of global warming. Plus more. Save your life. Be veg. Go green. For more urgent information, please visit www.suprememastertv.com forward slash save dash our dash planet. A recent study showed that organic agriculture in Mexico is generating $400 million in revenue per year. And that, uh, for Mexico's standard, is a lot of money, isn't it? Yes, it's a lot. Yes. In uh, 2010, your government approved the law of organic products in Mexico, joining 37 other countries with full regulations on organic product certification. Ah, lovely. We have all heard that... When we eat something, we become what we eat. So we consume the energy of the animal, which is full of fear and panic. Well, today eating animal products means we also consume the energy of tremendous destruction involved. The destruction of environment, the destruction of the planet, the destruction of our life, the destruction of our world. From all that we just talked about, climate change, disasters, disease, deforestation, biodiversity loss, water, scarcity, food shortages, refugees, climate refugees even, etc., etc. Now, imagine yourself starting today saying, No! I don't want to be part of all that destructive pattern. I don't want to be part of all that suffering of the people and of the planet. I don't want to be the hand that suffers as the body suffers. Instead, 
Each of us can choose to be the hand that will heal the body. Each of us can restore the planet, bless it, and bless all of us, starting today, by simply being organic vegan. Is it possible? Is it possible? <laughs> yes, we can. Huh? <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mexico. I love you. <laughs> I love you and thank you for, for promising this. Thank you, Master. Bueno, creo que es algo ya absolutamente necesario. Esto que está haciendo la maestra tendría que difundirse a todos los niveles educativos, eh, a todos los niveles sociales, empezando por los hogares, para que realmente haya un cambio en la humanidad, que ya es urgente. Y creo que ha sido una gran labor que han desarrollado a través de la asociación, muy importante, con mucho esfuerzo. En mi personal opinión es un... Acto en este tiempo donde la tierra necesita tantas atenciones y esta alternativa actual es muy importante en una salud personal y en una salud eh, mundial. ¿no? Me, me gusta mucho eh, eh, la filosofía que nos comparte esta maestra y por supuesto que también disfruto mucho de la comida vegetariana, es, es algo de lo cual disfruto mucho. Es un excelente estilo de vida, es para vivir más sano. Este, la conferencia estuvo muy, muy, muy práctica para las personas que somos de aquí de México. Y vivir mejor, ¿no? Fue una excelente conferencia. Optar por una vida vegana, yo creo que es una forma de vida muy saludable eh, y además que es una forma de ayudar al, al planeta y de ayudar a los animales y es una forma noble, ¿no? como dice la maestra de compasión y es una forma también amorosa hacia nosotros y hacia el mundo. Supreme Master Ching Hai's lectures are not a complete meditation instruction. Please do not try alone. For free of charge guidance, please visit www.godsdirectcontact.org or contact any of our centers near you.